I think it's okay to admit like you don't have control over some parts of your life. And I think that's everybody. It's hard to admit and it's hard to explain and it's hard to like, you know, really say that to somebody. What's up, everyone? It's your boy, Danny Priori, and welcome to Off the Cuff. You might know me as the guy from the Basement Yard, Vine, the Priori podcast. And while I love to make people laugh, just know that I've struggled with my mental health for most of my life just like many of you. Here on Off the Cuff, I will be talking with some of the most impactful influencers, athletes, celebrities, entrepreneurs, and mental health experts to have real, unapologetic conversations about mental health and breaking the stigma that surrounds it. This show is for you, and I'm so happy to have you here. Now, let's talk Off the Cuff. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Off the Cuff. I am your host, Daniel Priori, and today we just have a nice mental journal today so i haven't seen you guys since i got back from europe europe was amazing the shows were amazing i think i deal with imposter syndrome sometimes it's just weird that i went to like a whole nother country continent sold tickets had people there telling me i impacted their lives like i'm still getting used to that in terms of like the actual idea of being an influence on people's lives you know what i mean i know i am in a sense like you know like i know as a person i do have an influence on people it's just i don't know i think i have a love-hate relationship with the word influencer i think you know like the the word influencer like makes me feel like like a kardashian but like i do have to understand that i am like an influencer you know what i mean like i am but it was amazing the shows were amazing the crowds were amazing the hardest thing for me and i'm just going to be like really honest because i think that's what makes this show like really good is that my honesty is the best part about the whole thing is uh i loved being over there but like after the second day that like my wife left I was having like hard time sleeping and like getting through it, just being so far away from my dogs and my wife. I was like, this is really, really rough. No pun intended. And it's like, don't get me wrong. I love what I do for a living. I love what I get to do for a living, but sometimes it's really lonely. It could be like the loneliest experience because one, it's hard to find people that can relate to what you do for a living. So that's tough. And then when you're on the road and like, I didn't have my openers with me and shit. So like not having my openers with me was like kind of tough because it was the show would be done. And then I would go to my hotel room and kind of just like eat food and go to sleep and try to like figure out, I guess what I'm going to do. Cause I had to go there October 10th. I had a show and then October 15th, I had a show in Northern Ireland. So I had like four or five days to kind of just be there by myself. And I tried to like make the best of it and like do things and like go outside, but I got sick. So now I'm sick. I had a 101.8 fever for about two days. It didn't break. And now I'm just staying in this hotel in London by myself, like afraid. You know what I'm saying? So it got to a point where now I'm anxious, I'm sick, I can't breathe, I'm coughing up all kinds of shit. I'm taking all these COVID tests, and they're all coming back negative. 
and I'm like, oh, like I just have a regular cold. Thank God I could still go. Like when I did the Northern Ireland shows, I was sick as fuck, which was like kind of like a cool feat for me. But like, I didn't want to be a letdown or cancel the shows while I was there. Like they offered me to cancel the show while I was there. And I said, nah, fuck that. I'm not canceling the show. I'm doing it. I have to do this show. And when it came down to the come down, I had a great set. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. But yeah, so it, it was just nice to get home though and just like get back into like my routine of like just chilling and doing like regular shit. I will tell you this. I have been playing that Spider-Man game like fucking crazy. Like the last like two days, I've just been done nothing but play Spider-Man and it's been like the greatest reset of like my entire life. It's so weird to me, like how video games have like such a positive impact on my mental health, like especially like when a new game comes out and I'm like super excited to play it and like have fun with it. Like it really is an amazing escape. I know video games get like a lot of like shit, but I'm telling you, man. I forget about all my problems for like a couple hours every time I play video games. It's the best feeling in the world. It really is. And it's like, I don't know. I think maybe it's because the older I get, I'm starting to like enjoy the small things about life, like the small entertainment things. You know what I mean? And it's October. It's a week away almost from, uh, from Halloween. Yeah, I'm recording this on the 21st. Yeah, so Halloween's in nine, ten days. I get to watch, like, all scary movies and stuff. Like, you know, these are, like, the little things that I enjoy. Like, I don't know about you guys. I just enjoy, like, the smaller things in life. I think it's just because I've been through some shit, you know, with anxiety and panic. I had a dream. I went back into rehab while I was overseas. And honestly, like, the idea, like, didn't sound terrible. You know what I mean? Like it could have sounded worse because here's the thing. It's like, it's not that I want to go back or need to go back, but the thing about going back was it was such a great reset for me. Like we were just talking about how the video games were a great reset. I feel like rehab gets a really negative connotation. I feel like rehab could be really good for somebody, even if they're not in the midst of like a full on breakdown. Because I feel it's a great recalibration tool, whether you do inpatient or outpatient. And obviously it varies from like, you know, what you're actually dealing with, what kind of facility it is. I get it. But like, there's some times where I kind of just want to go back and just be like, all right, we're going to do group for like 72 hours. You know, like uh, we're going to hang out, play, play some Connect Four, talk about life a little bit you know, and enjoy these like cool moments of our lives. You know what I mean? And it's like, people look at it as such a down moment, but I kind of look at it as a good moment. If you're in a situation to control it and like you're in a situation to just like, honestly reap the benefits of having around the clock care for like three days. And I know that sounds crazy and like outlandish but it's the truth it's like one of those things where i'm like oh my god it's like doesn't sound terrible you know what i mean and i know like the day that i would get there like i would want to get out that day i'd be like all right i'm ready to go home but i don't know man life's all about resets 
reset in life. You know what I mean? Being able to reset and get to a point where it's like, hey, guys, I need a little time to be a little bit selfish and reset my life, whether it's take the day off, whether it's go take 72 hours. You know, I'm an extremist. I like to do things the extreme. If I'm going to go, I'm going to go all the way. Or whether it's a change of scenery, whether it's just switching up your routine. Like for me, the biggest thing that I, I just come to realize is like, and speaking of routines, is I have to change my eating habits. I have not been eating well. And the road does that to you. The road makes you kind of eat shitty food all the time. And it's like not good. I will say the McDonald's in London felt so much healthier than the McDonald's in America. I will put that out there. But, you know, for me, I think in the next couple of years or so, if I don't get my body back, I don't know if I'll be able to get it back scientifically. It'll be so hard to get my life back if I don't do it within the next six months or so. And by get my life back is I, I just want to get down to like a healthier weight and just keep an active lifestyle, you know, just be an active member of the community and of life. You know what I mean? It's good to have goals. I just try not to have like sad goals all the time. Like losing weight's a sad goal, but it's a good goal. It's a sad goal in the beginning, and then it becomes a happy goal if you achieve that goal. But, you know, I try to have like cool goals and, and going to Europe and doing those shows was like a cool goal. But uh, I will say, though, my anxiety and my, and my panic have been really good. Like I can't complain in, that, in the sense of dealing with that. The thing that I would say my health anxiety has gotten better. It's still there, you know, but it's only there at extreme points. Like if I'm really, really anxious and like my heart's like feels like it's doing a bunch of weird stuff, then I'll let the health anxiety get me the monster as I call it. My thing is I just, I like want to go to doctors less. So I have to get overall more healthy. And I think if I go out of my way to get as healthy as possible, those trips to the doctors will be cut in half. And that's something that I would actually really look forward to, just kind of taking back control of my life, you know? And, you know, I think it's okay to admit, like, you don't have control over some parts of your life. And I think that's everybody. It's hard to admit and it's hard to explain. And it's hard to, like, you know, really say that to somebody like, Hey man, you need to get in control of your life. But, you know, I just think that I'm in such good control of so many things in my life. And then there's other things that I need to be more in control of. And I think all of us can relate to that. It's kind of like kind of a big deal to kind of say that to yourself. And it could be challenging. It could be upsetting to be like, Hey, I have to come to terms with, I don't have control of my life right now. And I feel like that's a tough pill to swallow for everybody. But I think at times, for those listening to this, you could take control of your life. We all could. And I kind of like that I do this show from a sense of like, I'm on the journey with you. I'm on the journey with everybody that listens to this show. I'm not a finished product by any sense of the notion or thought. I'm a work in progress and I, I like being a work in progress, talking to other works of progress. I think we all are works in progress. And I think that's kind of the sad thing about life and the beautiful thing about life. Cause the sadness comes from like the journey, right? Like having to do all the, all the work, 
but then they actually see the fruits of your labor. I think that's like one of the meanings of life is to see the fruits of your labor, whether it be physical or financial or relationship wise or, you know, everything requires work. Everything in this world requires work. And I think the, the sooner we can all get a grasp on that reality that anything in this life worth going for requires work. I think that's when we really start to flourish as people. Cause now we could really understand that we have to embrace the grind and embrace kind of the work that we're in and ready to do. I just encourage people to do things that they want to do in their life because uh, it wouldn't be an off the cuff episode without me mentioning is that we're all going to die. We're all going to die. Everyone listening to this, I'm going to die. You're going to die. We're all going to die. <laughs> We're all going to die. So like, why not try and do whatever it is we want to do? You know, I have two rules. Don't kill anybody and don't involve kids. That's it. Those are my rules. That's it. Those are rules to live by and you'll have a pretty, pretty awesome life. I think for the most part, keep people around you that inspire you. I think that was why it was tough for me in London. It was just like me inspiring me. And I've never been a good inspiration to myself when it comes to like food and like sleep. And not that I need a handler or babysitter, but it's nice to just like have people that like kind of have their shit together around you. It makes for a better finished product. Let's just say that. You know what I mean? It makes for a better overall experience for everyone. And that's like kind of where I'm at right now in my mental health journey is uh, I'm trying to just be around people that inspire me. I'm trying to get more inspired about my health to anybody out there thinking start tomorrow, start right now. I've been a firm believer. It's like, Hey, what's up? Like I'm gonna go on a diet on Monday and it's Wednesday. It's like, no, do it now. I've made that mistake so many times in my life. Just being like, yeah, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. That was my mantra. I was like, if anything needed to be tattooed on my body more than I'll do it tomorrow, I don't think it's possible. My literal like nickname is Danny. I'll do it tomorrow, Lo Priori. You know, I'm the big procrastinator. I'm a big figure it out later type of guy. And I wish I could change that one thing about myself so much. So for all those thinking of when should I start? How should I start? Start small and start right now. You know? I think the power of now, as corny as that fucking sounds, holy shit, the power of now. Kind of true. You know what I mean? If you could take control in this moment, the times where I feel like I say I'll do it, I'll start Monday or I'll start tomorrow are times where I'm just not in control because I'm looking at something that I want, whether it be food, whether it be not going to the gym, you know, t watching TV or something, you know what I mean? That's why it's like everything in moderation. Like I shouldn't have played Spider-Man for 12 hours. You know, I should have like, you know, done something a little more productive. But in that moment, I felt like I needed it. You know what I mean? I felt like I needed it, I needed it in my life. But, you know, I mixed it up. I took my dog for uh, my dogs for walks in between. It's all about being an encompassing person of positivity exercise is important i just haven't figured out how important it is yet 
But the older I get, you know, my body's not going to be the same. It's just not going to do what I want it to do. It's not going to be good, you know? So I just want to figure that out and get it to the point where I can actually embrace the exercise part of me because I know there's an athlete in there somewhere. I played three sports in high school, two of them pretty good, one of them poorly, but I still played three. I know I'm in there somewhere. I'm just trying to awaken that beast in me. And I get health anxiety when I work out, man. I do. Like if I get like a little skippy flutter in my chesty, I get a little afraid. You know what I mean? I'll turn down the heat a little bit. I think because I was an athlete growing up that my mindset gets all fucked up when I can't do things I used to be able to do. Like I've reached that point of fatness in my life. And I've reached that point of age in my life where it's like, I can't go like I used to go. And I think a part of that depresses me. So when I'm done in the gym, I let those negative feelings take over instead of being like, Hey, you got there. You know, I need to be more positive to myself about my exercise journey, but also be willing to put in more work. So it's tough, man. What is that thing in lawyers offices? Something, something in justice, whatever the thing is, the scale. That's what it is. Jeez, Danny. I should know what a scale is fat. And I do trust me. I know what a scale is scale of justice. What if there's a scale of fatness? You want to know the hardest thing is I put my weight into a BMI and it's like, you're fucking obese as fuck. Like that's such a downer, dude. On days where I feel good, I'll be like, oh man, lost a couple pounds. Like, let's check the BMI. And it's like, you're still a fat piece of shit. And I'm just like, you know what? I am. But guess what? Tomorrow I'm going to work better at not being as obese as this stupid thing tells me. But if I, let's just say this though. This is my other problem with BMI before I get out of here. My other thing with BMI too is like, you could be like jacked and ripped. It's only like based on weight. Like, listen, guys, I know I'm fat. All right. So like, I'm not saying that scale is wrong. The scale is right when it comes to me. But, you know, it's it's one of those things where I'm like, if I got really like down to 205, right, and I felt really good and I was muscular, like I wouldn't harp because I would still technically be obese. You know what I'm saying? Like I would still be like an obese boy. I'd still be obesey. I'd still be an obese man, you know, but I would be in better shape, like more jacked. You know, I go with just how you feel. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not trying to get in shape to like win a beauty contest. I'm getting in shape to like live to be like 78 years, years old, at least. That's all I want to do. If I can make it to 80, man, that'd be so cool. It'd be so cool. I think anything after 80 is like rough. I get so jealous of like old people prospering. Oh, is that bad? I get so mad because one, I don't know if I'll even get there. And then two, it's like when I do get there, am I just going to be like going all over on a scooter? You know what I mean? Like an oxygen tank everywhere I go. Little peepee bag, boop boop bag. You know what I mean? Like when I see people that are 80 with like quality of life, oh my God, I want to kill them. God, I want to kill those old people. Just prospering. Like when I see like things on the news, 
there was an old woman that went skydiving at like 104 years old, and then she died like two weeks later. I don't want to say it took any time off her life, but what I'm saying is, is like, I'm jealous of those people, man. 104, like went skydiving and shit. I mean, she did die. Not skydiving, just a non-skydiving. Yeah, it might have been skydiving related. I think just like the way her heart started like pumping. Like, I'm still on the fence if it killed her or not. I'm not sure. It might have killed her in the long run. Well, short run, because she died two weeks later. But yeah, I'm jealous, man. I want to be one of those old people that does cool shit. Like, I don't want to be I don't want to be an old person that's just like come closer. Come closer. Like, I don't want to be one of those old people that's just like constantly grabbing family members. Like, come talk to me. Come closer. You know what I mean? I want to be a prospering old person. And the work starts now. Sadly. <laughs> Embrace the grizzant. So that's that's where I'm at right now in my life and in my journey. Thank you guys for listening to me. Just gallivant all over this, this show. Going to have a really special show too i think i'm gonna have both of my brothers on soon we're gonna record an episode together just talk about life brotherhood going through highs and lows as individuals and then going through highs and lows as brothers and family members so that's gonna be an exciting episode we have a lot of great guests coming up i'm so happy that we get to do this show every week i was talking about resets before it's such a great reset for me to be able to like put the comedy mic down get off the road a little bit, come in, check in, have this like virtual journal that I get to share with everybody and have you guys be a part of it and reach out to me. And I had people in Ireland talking about it, Northern Ireland talking about it in England. Everybody brought up off the cuff. My man, Rupert came out a former guest on the show. We got to meet in person and he deals with agoraphobia and anxiety and panic attacks. And he came to my show in London and I said to him that I was so proud of him that he was there. He took a big leap forward and came to the show. And um, I'm really, really proud of him in that sense. Uh, that was very inspiring to see him there in the front row laughing at my jokes, even if they weren't funny. I appreciate that. And, you know, it's just about personal growth, man. I got to see that, you know, the show brought me to so many places and I get to meet so many people and, to be able to go do stand up in London and see somebody who was a former guest on the show and just be able to chill and talk about life. And it was amazing, man. The show is the best on Instagram, TikTok, one one OTC. Check out uh, the one one app in the app store. It's great for like morning affirmations and staying on top of like what you're doing. Uh, it was really helpful for me when I was overseas. I was able to just log some stuff about what was going on and what I was doing. So check out the one-on-one app. Da make sure you download the episodes, like, subscribe, do all that stuff. And we'll be back next week with another, uh, another mental health journey, man. I really appreciate you guys going on this journey with me for three years almost. It's an amazing feeling. And uh, to be able to have your support for so long has been the best. And I hope uh, I'm making you guys proud. I love you guys. See you next week. Peace. I am out of here. Thanks for joining me on another episode of Off the Cuff, presented to you by 101 Life. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and send us some love with a review. And don't forget, we're all in this together and you're never alone. Peace. Fate, entertainment. Ah!